Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? Welcome back, guys. This is part two of our interview with Michelle Costa, the Portuguese princess from Providence, from CBS's Big Brother Season 10. The first half of her interview was last week on episode 26. So if you haven't listened to that yet, you should probably go back and listen to that first. And then this picks up halfway through that interview and it's the remaining hour. So sit back and enjoy. Right after I got out of the house, maybe about a year later, I went to Azores and I went to San Miguel and I was in the airport and people were just like looking at me and I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, and people were just like, like they were freaking out. And I was like, oh, something must be going on. And they were just like, (laughs) so it was airing that time in Portugal and they were like, Oh my God, like you have a show, uh, like you're the Portuguese princess. Like they were like freaking out. Like I would get into a cab and they were like, oh my God. That was like as it was airing. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was airing there and it was a year later and it was so wild. I was just like, that's me. Like I'm Portuguese. Like I love my, you know, where I'm from. I'm first generation. And I've always been somewhere where it's kind of like not. I mean, I'm not saying that it was looked down upon, but like I went to school where there wasn't like I was in the non-Portuguese growing up side. And then there was the Portuguese side, but I was in the non-Portuguese side. So it was like different. But I always was like all about my culture, where I came from. I was all about the fashions. I was all about the food. I was like, when you come to my house, like you're walking on vinyl, like don't sit on that couch. (laughs) It's not the living room. It's the living room, but no one lives there. You know, so I never realized how much what I was doing affected a lot of people in in like a positive way. And a lot of people who didn't know a lot about Portuguese culture, like kind of learned about it. So that was really, really cool. So I I love that because I would say, how old were you when you were in the house? You like 30 or? Believe it or not, this is kind of crazy. This is like a little cool, fun fact. I was 28 and I was the youngest female in the house. Wow. Cause I feel like now, like they're so much younger. So yeah. So they're normally like 21, 22, 23, like young. Yeah. They throw a couple of like older people in there. I was the youngest girl at 28. So I think that's another reason why our season was really, really good. That's interesting. Um, don't get me wrong. I was still like really immature at that age, but yeah, <laughs> it was like me. And then it was Keisha. She was like 29 and April was like 30 and like Libra was 33 and um, Angie was 30. I think Angie was 30. And then um, Rennie was 56. I never realized that, that about your season. Nobody really thinks about that because they automatically assume like, okay, how many 21 to 25 year olds are they? Right. Exactly. So yeah. So I was 28 when I was on Big Brother. Trying to think how much, what our age difference is, but I was probably in college, but like early twenties, I was probably like 21 or something when, when I was watching that season and I still wasn't at the point, like I was still at the, who gives a crap about my culture phase of my life. 
you know, like where you just you're living it. You don't care. You have no interest in it. You're not proud of it. You're just kind of like everybody at that point. You don't appreciate it. Everyone around you is Portuguese. You're just like, whatever. But you were older and you were on the show and you were owning your culture and you just had this pride. And it was just the coolest thing. And like I I've gotten there through my journey as I've aged, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't there when I was watching it. And to see you on there, I'm like, oh, my God, how can this girl be on here? And she's just owning her culture like that. Like it was the coolest thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, when I was growing up and stuff like that, I kind of was like not embarrassed, but I was like, my God, my parents don't really speak, you know, English and they work in factories. And yeah, my parents were hard workers. My parents taught me another language, which is one of the best gifts I have is knowing another language. With that language, I could speak to somebody who's Spanish, that's Latino. Um, I can speak in Cape Verde. I can go to Angola. I can go to a lot of different countries, Brazil. And Mm -hmm. I can be able to speak the language. I can go to Mexico. I can go to Colombia. I can go anywhere. Um, So it's such a gift. But at that time, I did not realize that I took advantage of it and didn't realize how great it was. But I still learned how to speak it, learn how to read it, learn how to write it without going to Portuguese school. (laughs) So you never had any type of like schooling or anything? Well, I can't, I can't say that. So everybody around where I was growing up, they had their kids going to like the Portuguese social clubs and they had like their own classes. But believe it or not, in Rhode Island, where I lived in Cumberland, it's the only school that offered Spanish, French, and Portuguese. Wow. And wow. So I didn't know how to read, like read, read. Yeah, yeah. I know how to read like a menu and stuff like that. And I did not know how to write it. I knew how to write something, simple things, but so I actually got to learn like the meat and potatoes of the Portuguese mm. language. So I technically went to Portuguese school, but not going to the traditional Portuguese school, school. that would be at the Lusitania Club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Alethea Fatima Church in the basement. Okay, <laughs> right. It's, exactly. We always had it at like our school, like our elementary school had someone come in to do some language classes. And then my barely. high school, ba- barely, but barely, because we were we went to a Portuguese elementary school from K to eight. It was like only Portuguese people. But then my high school was not Portuguese and they had Portuguese offered as a language for all four years. So that's where I learned to like read and write and do all that there. So that was cool. But it didn't feel different because it was just my whole community was Portuguese. We lived in such a Portuguese area. It didn't feel unique. But then you get on a show like Big Brother and you're sitting there with people who are probably like, where's Portugal? <laughs> you know, like people <laughs> who have never even heard of Portuguese yeah. people. And so that must have been really cool or interesting too, to kind of show them the culture. Do you have any like interesting tidbits or stories about how people perceived you as the Portuguese person in the house? Well, it's funny because I actually, um, I got the name Portuguese Princess of Providence from Dan um, on that season. <laughs> when he was giving one of his motivational speeches from, you know, <laughs> being a Catholic school teacher, I was hanging off the wall and I was literally like, I'm five, eight and a half or five, nine almost. I'm like, you know, I, at that time I was 120 pounds. Oh, can I go back anyway? <laughs> and, and it was just down to me in April. April was four, nine, ooh, ooh. tiny little thing. <laughs> and she was like, like a ballerina. She's like, 
She was built for the wall yeah. comp. Yeah. yeah. She was built for that. Like I should have never even been close to that because I was just so tall. It yeah. wasn't meant for tall people. It wasn't nope. meant for people with muscles. So I should have not been hanging off that wall. But I mean, I have a background of being competitive. I did marathons. I ran cross country. I ran indoor track, outdoor track. I did high jump and pentathlon. I did the Boston Marathon. Damn. Don't even tell me that you're going to think that I'm not going to hang off a wall. Yeah. If you're telling me I'm going to hang off the wall, I'm hanging off the wall for as long as I can. I'll be here all day, folks. Wait, is this a little wall that you're hanging off of? Oh, yeah. The wall moves. And it tilts, yeah. The tilts, so you're literally it's your own body weight that you're holding up, and it tilts, it's shaking. You're holding on, but it's my hands were behind my back, so oh I had my. to hold on to like almost like a ballerina bar. And you're on a ledge, and it's raining, it's sliming, it's windy. There's things coming in your eyes. There's slime being thrown on you. The wall is moving, it's shaking. It was supposed to symbolize the earthquake that we got. It was supposed <laughs> to be like a ha ha kind of moment joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally, I was I hung on for three hours and 40 minutes. Like that's why oh these competitions now they're like 40 minutes long. I'm like, they don't last for shit now. No, they they're, don't. They're I pathetic. Mean, yeah. You go back and watch <laughs> Kelly. Like you'll go back and see Evil Dick. He was outside hanging onto a ring for I think like nine hours. Holy ridiculous. Shit. Um, just ridiculous stuff. And then you get this season and they barely do uh, um, endurance comps. And if they do, they're hanging off for like five minutes. And the person who wins has a broken ankle. Like whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I was just hanging off that wall for dear life. And so Dan comes around and he's given the speech. And now Dan was aligned with me um, at times. And because I, I didn't really believe him or trust him. So I was like, we got to keep him real close. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, I knew all about what Dan was doing. That's the thing. That's why Dan was scared of me. He even said it. I need to get her out because she's going to beat me. And she knows. Weren't you saying he was a plant? Weren't you the one who yeah. was like yelling, like, he's a player? And he kind of was. Yeah. You kind of was, was the America vote thing. So, oh, yeah. yeah, he did. He did all the things. I told him everything that he did. He hugged Jesse, all the stuff, everything I got. I should have got his money because I told you everything that he did was mm-hmm. true. And they told me that I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I had no idea what was happening. And I was mistaken. And then at the end, if you look at the finale, there's me zoomed in on me and they're showing all the stuff that Dan did. And I was like, I knew it. Yeah. yeah. My, my Portuguese intuition. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. Don't play with that Portuguese intuition. But so he's given a speech and he's like, um, and the Portuguese princess from Providence is hanging up there. She wants to see her mom. She wants to go to her community and tell them to never give up. And so that's <laughs> where the Portuguese princess of Providence. Now, the speech was a lot longer than that. And uh, it was probably like a 10 minute speech. But that's where the Portuguese Princess of Providence title came about. So I forgot. I remember his motivational speeches, but I forgot that that's how it got coined was from him saying that on the speech. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. The plant did it. Yeah. (laughs) The plant. (laughs) I mean, it was so funny because I, they didn't want somebody like me to win. I mean, not saying that they do stuff to make people win. I just think that they have people that they like in the cast that mm-hmm. they want to be the one that wins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they do certain competitions to make sure that they get saved if they're in trouble or something. It could right, be possible. Right, right. It might not be, 
we all have eyes. We all can see sometimes the stuff that happens. I've always suspected that like in the diary room, just and we're not I know we're not allowed to talk about production, but they have to ask questions and you can deduce, you know, use your context clues to just kind of like, OK, why are they asking me this question and kind of start to put pieces together of what might be going on? But do they, they probably ask questions to kind of throw you off, too. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a state of paranoia in there. So mm. they could be innocently asking you a question or they could be not. So mm. that's the way that they operate in regards to like the diary room and asking you questions. But then when you leave the, the diary room, you're like. Hmm. You start overthinking everything that just happened in there. <laughs> I remember like one of the questions was like, so do you think that like Jesse would turn his back on you? And I was like. That's like my ride or die. That's my boy. And then I walked out and I was like, now I'm thinking like, oh, like Jesse, man. Jesse, we got to talk. Like, yeah, they mess with your head. You, and you can't talk about your diary room. Right, right. With other house guests because they completely tell you to shut up or they cut off your mic or they send you somewhere or they right. do something like so. If you start talking to somebody and being like, hey, they were asking me this and that and the other, they'll be like, Michelle, stop that. Michelle, cut it off. Michelle, go to the DR, blah, 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 whatever. It's definitely paranoia and it's i mean it's brilliantly done mm -hmm. um so. at this point 24 seasons in they know how to subtly make some tweaks yeah and this is the thing is nowadays they have people that don't really watch the show they don't have a lot of the super fans so a lot of people like i remember jeff was like what what's the veto like what's that i mean he ended up being like the golden boy yeah yeah but, um he didn't even know what big brother was and I was like, what? Unfortunately, like now the the more modern seasons, I feel like majority of the cast is like that. And you have like yeah. your, your few super fans and your people who are casual watchers of the game. But then you have like a handful of people who are just recruits and they don't know the game yeah. at all. And it's yeah. just it's interesting because that it really, it really wasn't is. like that back when you were on. It was kind of like people knew the game. They knew how to play the game. Yeah. And so that's why I think like they can get away with it to a certain aspect. Um, where they can ask questions and maybe somebody doesn't pick up on that. For instance, something I can tell you without talking about production is they would play, because we're not allowed to have music, only if you win HOH, you get like a CD player. Well, at the time, we got a CD player. <laughs> <laughs> you kids don't know what CD players are. So they gave us like a music. Like if you won HOH, you had a choice of whatever. You would fill out something before you went in the house and they would give you your favorite music. In the beginning of the morning, in the morning, they wake up with, hey, house guests, wake up. So they want you to be up at a certain time because they want to make sure that you're there doing the live feeds or whatever the case may be. So they would actually play music the beginning of the morning to wake you up. And so they would play three songs. And so I was listening to the songs and I'm like, OK, so I started listening to the songs every day, excited because I love music and I was dancing and stuff. But the songs actually meant something different. So the songs would actually be what your day was going to be like or what your competitions were going to be like. It was like a hint or a clue, right? Yeah. Like, welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games and was like a jungle comp that night. Ah, okay. So I started like realizing that. So I was like, hey, Jesse, I was like, listen to the songs because the songs are actually going to predict how the days are going to be going. It was crazy because when they did Russian roulette veto on me, which was Dan's way that he backdoored me 
is he played a game called Russian roulette veto. And he went around and asked questions to the people sitting there. And if you didn't answer the question, you were going on the block. So he said, you know, Ali, you, you shot wrong. So Michelle, you're going on the block. So he like pretty much done Russian roulette. I got the bullet. And that morning was one of those songs that came out. I don't know the artist, but it was like, with it's had like gunshots in it. And I was like, damn. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh. they had the girl it was called the guy from point judith and point judith is a place in rhode island and i was right, like yep. oh. i'm trying to stay because i'm going and oh no the songs mean something and like this season i heard that they didn't even like think about the songs meaning something so that could be something where you could ha- miss out on kind of like a clue yeah you were such a smart player in that game with just picking up on all those things because like the only one i heard of people doing this season was taylor counted like the condoms in the oh yeah you know you count everything you, you start counting the, the things dental dam like... you counted the dental dam <laughs> So you start like counting things because sometimes there's a competition. You don't know what the competitions are going to be. And sometimes there's a competition that's like how many pillows were in the house or something dumb. So people just like start counting everything and they're like trying to memorize all this stuff. And like, you don't know if it's going to be useful or not, but you have to start reading into everything and like the songs that they're playing and all that. So that's really cool. But I didn't I haven't seen as much of that lately. Like this season didn't really have much of that or any of that at all. No, probably I would say probably the past five or six years, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of like OG status a little bit, like after my season, like 12, 13, and then it started kind of, you know, they went to the season 14 where they brought Dan back and people fell for the funeral and all that kind of stuff. And, (laughs) you know, Jesse and and then by 15, it was like, that was really bad. And then it went like kind of. Yes, it was a little bit more of a mixed bag. And then it got to really like newbies and people getting pulled out of bars. And so I'm just hoping that maybe they'll go back a little bit to like old school ways. But I don't know. So so let's talk about next season. Next season is year 25. Mm -hmm. And I've heard like speculation rumors that it's going to be some kind of returning house guests. Some yeah. kind of all stars, all winners, second chances. I've heard all kinds of things thrown out yeah. there. Like I and I've also seen you be pretty vocal about you would return to the show, right? Oh yeah. In a heartbeat. <laughs> well, I, I have some unfinished business that I have. And I would play the game, I think, a lot more like so hard to take the motion out of a por- Portuguese person to be so like animated but I also am 42 years old I've had you know a lot of things happen to me and looking back and you know I said a lot of stupid things I did a lot of stupid things I you know learned from them and I've grown and I'm like in a different place don't get me wrong like I, I got that Portuguese you can never take the Portuguese out of the Portuguese okay <laughs> but I would be able to control it more and my social game was re- was really, really good. I was competitive. So it would be more of a matter of kind of like the competitive side. I just I just had knee surgery and I'm probably going to have to have another knee surgery, maybe. But there's also like things that happen in your life that you look at life differently as well. I lost my niece six months ago. 
Mm -hmm. um, my three-year-old niece. So it was a very tragic thing that happened to our family. And so I would have like, when I would be looking up in the sky and I would be like thinking about something that I'm fighting for, I would be mm -hmm. yep. fighting for her and fighting for my family for trying to get over this tragedy that we've had. And um, also making an awareness of what happened to my niece and making sure it doesn't happen again. So I would use it as a platform. I would do it in such a, I think, fabulous way, a little bit of drama, a little dirty, <laughs> but good, good mm -hmm. game and good play. And also the fact of I have a lot of relationships with a lot of past house guests. So there will be some friendships that might have to be put on the line, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. oh. So I think that's where if they play their cards right, I think Big Brother would have a whole different type of good hearty game but there would also be unfortunately some friendships that would be put on the line and I think that that would be not good for the relationships but really good tv so I don't know what route they're gonna go I don't want to see all winners no just because yeah I think that it would I, I don't know I just that I wouldn't want to see but I wouldn't mind seeing like runners up or first evicted. I love the first evicted. I've always thought that. I'm like, why not just go back? These people had a rough go of it. Like, just take all the first evictees and put them in a house together. They're all in the same playing field. Like, that'd be so cool. Yes. Some people didn't have, like, the opportunity to even go in the house, which is kind of messed up. But at the same time, I feel like it should also be like a, like my thought of what a cool all-star would be is to bring back three people that were like kind of trivial, monumental uh, from each season and having a competition for them to be able to get into the house. So sometimes, I guess necessarily, depending on the competition, maybe nobody from that season makes it there, maybe all of the three people or whatever, but like somebody who, you know, has a second chance as the person that was evicted first or whatever, and yep. have a competition and see who really wants to get back in the house, you know, instead of it being, oh, the producer's favorite. And, you know, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, a lot of these favorite choices that the producers have are not what is realistic or politically correct. Mm. And, um, I know that like they are, you know, in a process of turning themselves, which is CBS in regards to different people changing titles and then Viacom buying them out, which is MTV is a part of that. And MTV, if you watch MTV, you watch the challenge, you watch the real world, you watch mm -hmm. the road rules. They don't hide behind any type of racial issues. They don't hide behind any misogynistic or homophobic or anything like that. They put it out on the table. You know, they kick people out because of it. They talk about it. They address it. They don't hide it from the public. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that, even though it hasn't been enough for me. We started a little bit with what happened this season with Kyle, what happened with Kyle and everything. You yeah, know? they've. Yeah. So you're starting to see it a little bit. Even there was I think it was was it season 15 where Julie got real. She got real with the people in their exit interviews. Yeah, you know they, I mean? were, so they were talking about Asian culture and <laughs> hello, 
But, you know, Julie also has to be biased. But yeah, we were like laid into them. But the other thing I don't like about America, and if you watch, say, like the UK, where they come out, they're coming out to a huge crowd and they're booing, they're yelling, they're cheering, they're throwing stuff. And like in, in, in America, USBB, at the finale or when somebody gets evicted, you cannot boo. They tell you, do not boo if you're in the audience. If you notice when Kyle came out, he- it was like a little golf clap. And it was production that was popping. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, if they hate them, hate them. Like, let's just right. call a spade yes. a spade. Yeah. Right. So they've they've definitely done more than they have in the past in terms of kind of showing some of that stuff, but they still cut it, tailor it to whatever fits their agenda or however they want to spin it and say it. You know what I mean? Like it's even some of his jury segments when he was telling the other house guests, it all seemed very like scripted for him of like, this is the PC way I need to lay this out to my house guests and stuff. So it was very oddly done this yeah, time around. I think but... it was, uh, he was one of their favorites and, you know. How did he get into that America's vote <laughs> top three? Well, unfortunately, um, we live in a society now that we've gone full circle from when we've tried to come out of racism. We've turned into like uh, the hate type of crowd and because of a lot of politics, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. And yep. it's brought people out that think that it's OK to say and do some of the things that they do. So I think it to me, it showed me like the divide that we have in this country it's not a pretty look for America. No, no, it was not a pretty look. It was it it brought an air of sight. Like it took the air out of the room when that got announced. And there's a lot of people that would be listening to me saying this right now that would say I'm 100 percent wrong and that he didn't do anything wrong. And I say that that's your opinion. I just I don't believe in in that, you know, so that's that's just my opinion. And I mean, what he said and what he did was probably a lot of what people think and stuff like that or how they perceive it. He did really kind of get into it in a more a very uncomfortable type of conversation. And he was uneducated. So it wasn't from him being like, oh, well, blah, 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 because he was actually friends with Monty and he was friends with people that he was accusing weird because a lot of the people in there that he's saying that they're in cahoots and stuff like that didn't get along there was no evidence to support that accusation or that assumption yeah and yet he was lumping them together just because of them being colored or indeed she's from brazil they looped her in there joseph they looped him in there we would have been looped in there too, probably as children of immigrants, you know. Yep. I was gonna yep. I was assuming I'm like, does this guy say something racial or something kind of like minority related? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He kind of lumped them all into a big group. Oh, okay. All right. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So and he's like from Utah, he's a Mormon, and he's saying that he grew up in a you know, the Mormon life. And, you know, he wasn't really aware of like what he was saying that was controversial, which he, from what I gather, he said that he had left the Mormon. He left because I, at a certain point, I think when you're 18 or 17 or 18, they, they tell you to leave the Mormon 
world to see what it's like. And if you come back, then you embrace the Mormon world. And if you don't, then you can never come back. Oh, okay. Um, so he said he wasn't, ex- he had never experienced anything like that. And I, I thought that to be very odd because you can't say that nowadays. You can't yeah. say that you're not able to be educated, that you're not able to understand the difference between being racist and being homophobic and being misogynist and, and saying something that's going to make somebody uncomfortable. And the reason you're there is that you're a TikTok influencer. Right. So, you would be probably the top of the line of seeing stuff, right. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're saying, I, I don't mean, no, no, I don't know because I I'm young and I'm in, I thought that that was a cop out. And I think that was what actually aggravated a lot of people more is that he didn't just be like, I'm sorry. Like I did not realize that I was saying that he tried to make excuse for it. You know, and that's what's wrong with people nowadays is that you got to take accountability for things that you say Mm -hmm. and grow from there and and don't say, but, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you need to own it, learn it, feel it, move on and try to better yourself. So, yeah. Yep. That was exactly, that was Indy's point in the jury too. She's like, with the internet and the world at your fingertips now, like there's no excuse, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued at this whole big brother thing. See, Kelly's like, I got to kind of do a little like investigation on this. So my parents watch it. They watch the big brother like Brazil. And I think they do Portugal. But my mom really loves like the Brazilian channel. And, you know, she has to pay extra for it and stuff. So she loves like the big brother Brazil. But I was like, I have to mention this on the podcast. (laughs) So my mom was watching it. My dad will watch it with her. But she gets so annoyed that they don't make their beds. <laughs> she's like, yeah, some of them oh, don't. She's like, oh, she's like, oh, she's like, oh, she's like, I don't, you're on TV. They, they, they're being filmed. They don't want to make their bed. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Don't do their dishes. Like some people, like I would be doing my dishes and they would just throw their dishes in there. And I'm like. Like, wait, what? No, like, like, like uh, the maid. And that's that kind of stuff. Like it, it has nothing to do with the game, but that kind of stuff will get you sent home or targeted for sure. Like you want to be the one who's in there doing everyone else's dishes. You want to be that person. You don't want to be the one who's leaving your crap everywhere. You know? Yeah. And no, I did the dishes, but then I sometimes Jerry was like, well, that's what the woman does. So we, we already know. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you know, the thing, Kelly, with, um, I just wanted to uh, point out that the Big Brothers in a lot of other countries um, mm-hmm. will not allow anybody to remain in the house if they do say something that's racial or they'll say something in a conversation like um, in the UK, there was somebody that said something about I think it was very homophobic or, or something in regards to that. And they immediately had a house meeting and they, the person is kicked out of the house. Wow. Uh, they yeah. do not, they do not Tolerate. allow, to, they do not allow any of that. And I think that should be, you know, the same for big brother us, but they, it's a different style. Because I don't know about Brazil, but I know that like in the UK and in like Australia Mm -hmm. and stuff that the 
the Australians vote for who wins and the UK people vote for who wins, who stays every week, who gets evicted. So they're the ones that control the vote. Okay. Mm-hmm. They don't tolerate that. They, they, you're, you're out, your ass is out. You went in the diary room and you went right out the other door. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't even an opportunity. So that's why I think America is like, you think that America would be ahead of the game. Right. I remember um, this was like a long time ago. I first obviously got introduced to reality TV with um, like real world and road rules. I always thought one day I was going to be on road rules. I wanted to do the challenges. And and I love like real world because like, oh, you get to be at a house all day. Like, you know, I still remember one of the seasons. I don't know if you guys got into road rules, real worlds, but one of the seasons was in Seattle and um, there was a guy and a girl, Stephen had, okay, you know, the smack, Stephen had smacked Irene, right? Oh yeah. He opened up the, the cab and poop and closed the door. And he was out. Like they were like, dude, you, we can't, you can't, I think like they might've had like a little house meeting as well. Cause I feel like I remember everybody on the couch, but like MTV was like, nope, like you gotta go. Like you hit big brother. Us would do that too. Like anything physical. Yeah, a physical altercation. They would immediately walk you out too. But oh yeah, but it's it's a lot different when it's like the spoken yeah part of it and words and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, you would think America would have been or they would be on top of that, but no, nope, just shows you, <laughs> it just shows you where we're at, where we're at in this world. Going backwards. Yeah, God bless America. <laughs> so the last thing that we'll do before we hop into our final segment is. The show has evolved over the years. So when you were on the show, as far as social media aspects of what was going on in the world at the time, the top social media platform was MySpace. (laughs) We're not trying to age any of us here. We're not not trying to age anybody. But it was MySpace. And it was just a different world back then. Like you didn't have people live tweeting the show every day and like that kind of stuff and i feel like that is a very different environment to come out of the show afterwards when you come out and all of a sudden like these people that just came out 24 hours ago or 48 hours ago from this house they're either coming out to a shit storm of people who absolutely hate them and have all the receipts you know bb twitter is you know they've got here's all the video clips of what you said and did in that house and they're going to hold you to it or they love you and you don't know which it's going to be. But it was a little harder to do that in your season. So I feel like it changes the way people act in the house a little bit. Back then, it was like you could fight and you can get into arguments and you you weren't going to come out to that. You know, it's, people aren't going to make a MySpace hate page. Maybe they did. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah they, they, maybe was, they might have. Yeah, it was definitely like MySpace. Facebook had just started getting popular. I remember coming back to a lot of Facebook messages and stuff like that. And then I think Twitter was just starting. So I, when I came out, that's when I jumped on Twitter. But it's a, it's a different world because you didn't really know like about followers or, you know, different types of products that you can like. I mean, I remember like we had a hummus and the hummus was from Taunton, Massachusetts. And I was like, hummus toy mask call me like when i get home and like now taylor's getting like phone calls from lays potato chips talking about we want to give you a lot of money to promote us right so it was a different world and also there was definitely like the the hate and the love but no matter what you're doing there's people that are going to hate you and love you and you just gotta like 
try to learn how to navigate through that. You know, a lot of people didn't like the alliance I was on. A lot of people didn't like what I said about Libra because I said that she took the Hawaii trip when she should be hanging out with her kids. And people were like, why did you say that about kids? I'm like, I didn't say anything about her kids. I just said that she doesn't want to be around her kids. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I probably like that was <laughs> very angry. Like I didn't say anything bad about them, but just the fact right, right. that it came out of my mouth was, right. you know, unacceptable. So there was definitely that, but it was definitely a lot different back then than it is now. Now there's like, I mean, it's, it's very bad. I mean, people would definitely send me like hate mail. And I mean, I had the occasional like weird people sending me like not death threats, but just like watch your back. And I mean, oh, God. But oh God! With the it comes with the platform, yeah. But nowadays, like it's so different because you know you have like Instagram, you have the TikTok, and then you have like the creepy whatever it is Donald Trump's new platform. Oh, um, oh yeah, like a more of a racial and very intense kind of situation, and um. And then, you know, it's it's just a whole different aspect because people want users and they want followers and Turner's rug store and, you know, so it was more promoting instead of playing the game, they would do it in like a different way. Yeah, but I think that's where it's taken. Like you're going to come out of the house and you're going to have followers. What don't you understand about that? Mm -hmm. Like that's a given. It's what how you veer and maneuver into what you want from it. Right? right. So people like actually to have hatred. They want to be talked about. It's better to be talked about than not to be talked about at all. Mm, right. That's one of the things that we hear a lot in being in the reality world. So, and it's also like mental health wise, it puts a lot, you know, a big toll on you. It's being able to, make sure that you know you can be safe within your own self as well because it's it's very harsh and it's very hard to listen to some of the things that people can be behind a computer and keyboard warriors or whatever they call themselves there they can say whatever they want behind some keyboards but mm -hmm. when they see you tear their face you know they're like hey can I get a picture and then you never you don't even know that they're Joe Schmo, and there you have that. Like, I hate Michelle Costa as their like profile name, and they're the ones out are the first ones that want to take pictures of you. So that's crazy. Do they, um, since I feel like listening to you guys talk about Big Brother and learning all the different crazy things they made you do, made you guys eat, it just seems like it's like a big mic on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do they do anything for you guys? Like, when you guys got off the show, like, as in mental health, like, do they have you guys like? talk to a therapist or anything when you get escorted out the door no <laughs> when um when um you're no longer in the house there's a somebody there's a doctor there okay therapist psychiatrist i don't know exactly the terminology that would speak to you and they would say when you leave the house you know just don't take some time up for yourself and don't don't go on social media because at that time there was social media mm -hmm. yeah yeah don't go on the social media. Don't read any of the emails. Just give yourself a little bit of time. And no, like I, I have therapists now and therapy yeah. is great. I think everybody mm -hmm. should have therapy or therapist or whatever they 
have to make themselves at peace with their mind, right. whether it be going to the beach or going to the park or reading a book or yoga or whatever it is that makes you clear your mind and feel better. It's I think that's just some people it's they they need a little bit more help than others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been 13 years since I've been off and people still I'll be somewhere that will scream in my name and coming, grabbing me, leaving, running away. And so weird. It never. Yeah. It never like leaves you, you know? Yeah. So it's just, you got like a lot of tough skin and thicker skin, but some people just are made different and they can't mm-hmm. handle it or it doesn't even phase them, you know? So I think mental health is a big issue when it comes to being in, out of that house and yeah. just being out in the outside world and adapting to just being back in society, being oh. allowed to be back in society. Right. It's got to be tough because here you are for like months and it's just a cold turkey, like flip the switch and you're out and kick you to the curb. Like that's nuts. Yeah. And then, I mean, I went from like one house to being locked into another house and then to be yeah. locked into like a hotel Hotel. and um and um then I come out and all these people know everything about me yeah they're like they're like oh my god I love you and And you're like who are you yeah yeah my head is like spinning off and I I don't even remember if they told me their name (laughs) but they know everything about me oh I didn't really know like what to do like I had a phone I was like not sure if I was allowed to use it I was waiting mm-hmm. for like big brother to tell me to change my battery <laughs> so, like, so it like it took a little bit of like trying to get used to just being in the outside world yeah like, just having everybody know who you are running and chasing after you and saying things to you and it just it took a lot to process because like sometimes like th- they were telling me stuff that I said and I'm like I, I don't think I said that and they were like yeah you did in this room and the bit of a little bit and I was like oh yeah I'm like you don't remember oh. everything you've said for the past three yeah. months straight like, like that's crazy sorry yeah. like I didn't <laughs> I mean I didn't know like but oh man it comes with a territory and I just don't think that like you can get ready for something like that unless you've no. done it before so this is a perfect segue to get into our it's we have a segment that we do at the end of our show. It's called it's called mental health. We put a little music and then we just kind of sh- <laughs> we just share our little tips and tricks of the trade. Sometimes they're really in depth. Sometimes they're just fun little tricks for anxiety management and that kind of stuff. For me today, my tip is, and this is legal in Massachusetts now, so this is, so we're all good. And it's just <laughs> my, <laughs> micro dosing. So back when I was having really bad anxiety, I would come home from work and not to the point of like putting myself into oblivion, but I would what I'm going to call micro dose on little THC gummies. I take my little bite of my couple little milligrams or whatever it is right before bed. And it would just settle you from the day, kind of ease you into the night and you get like the, just the best sleep ever. Yeah. Like you just, you feel like you're under like a weighted blanket. Like it just feels very much calm and soothing. It just settles all your nerves. And I found that to be very effective. I was doing that for quite some time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to um, say hell yeah to that. 
<laughs> uh, I um, am I also going to say hell yeah to a little glass of vino or whatever you're, I mean, I'm not talking about like getting cray cray on a weekday. No. Cray cray on a weekday. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like a little glass of wine just to, when you get home from a long day, wind down. I did partake in some of the uh, bluntage action uh, when I was younger, <laughs> when I was younger, pre big brother, but then started getting more into like trying not to, and maybe just like a little joint here and there. I can't do like the edibles too much because sometimes it just doesn't hit right. <laughs> I, I, get, I get more anxious and more anxiety. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. About five years ago, I woke up one day and I was head to toe having hives. Stemmed from me having a MRI where they put like the ink in you. And mm -hmm. so I had an allergic reaction from that. And then about a couple of weeks later, I had another allergic reaction from, they still don't know to this day what it was from. From that point on, I had an allergic reaction every single day for two and a half years. It's considered CIU, chronic idiopathic urochorea, which means over six months, I had hives every day and they don't know what it's from. So I've done all the tasks. I did, you know, for cancer, leukemia, hepatitis, thyroids, um, rheumatoid arthritis, I think I said that already, lupus, uh, Lyme disease, just really anything. And at nothing they can find out why. So I did all the foods. I tried being gluten-free. If you don't know, guess what? Shampoos have gluten in them, laundry detergent, Damn. makeup, Damn. all that stuff. So I started doing all that. I stopped drinking. I stopped doing whatever. I stopped. That's why I stopped smoking. I just did everything that I could to try to see what I could battle. And then I just said to myself, well, I am allergic to bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. You can't, that's not on a goddamn test. Like I'm like allergic to like some of the world's BS. Yeah. And just, it was probably a lot of stress induced. We still don't know to this day what it was from, but that was very mentally blowing like my, my mind because every day it would either be on my face, on my neck, on my ears, on my feet, on my arms, on my chest. I just would be somewhere different almost every day or it'd be my whole body. Oh my God. I would be fine. And then during the day it would come up and I work out in public. I work, you know, in an environment where I have to be around people and people would not probably take that very well seeing me like that. They would be scared. They would be like, am, am I going to catch something from you? And I'm like, mm -hmm. it's like allergic reaction. Mm. Luckily, I never had um, it in my inside of my body because then I would have aphylactic shock and I could probably die, but it never, God, thank you, Jesus, went in my throat or anything like that. To this day, we don't know actually what it is. So it re-triggered when my niece died six months ago. I, for the first month or month and a half, I got the reactions back. Then it started going away. But it, for a good, like, two years, I was clear where I never had anything. So that was a very mentally exhausting and draining. I didn't want to leave my house. I was afraid to go out. I was afraid to just be anywhere. I would be somewhere and I would have to leave. 
So I just try to do the best I can to just get myself as better as I can get with the surroundings, with just being around good people. That's why I, I have acquaintances, mm-hmm. but I have really good friends and, you know, you can barely count them on my hand, you know? Yeah. Something my mom says is you can have a best friend, best friend, but it's when your teeth hurt you. That's when you don't have a best friend anymore. That's like a Portuguese saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's always something with the teeth. <laughs> yeah, but always something with the teeth. And when your teeth start hurting, then that's when you got problems. But yeah, so I just learned that, especially with being also on TV and stuff, a lot of people act different towards you. And, mm. you know, there's a lot of different types of energy around you. So I've minimized my circle. I've learned to try to take my stress and just take a minute sometimes just to breathe. I, like I said, I do see a therapist, but it's not like I see one like all the time that I say it's a hundred percent that, but I just try to be around the people that give me good vibes and energy and a little vape action too. <laughs> <laughs> and my boyfriend, he's probably been the one that like has got me out of that kind of rut. So he's been around and actually I, when I stopped having my allergic reactions is when I, I met him. So Like he was like my missing piece. He's Greek. He's from Athens. And um, so I can't can't get away from the Europeans. No. (laughs) Not going to go out with no Portuguese guy. Oh, no, 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 no. So No, but they're the Greek are very much like us, too. They're very similar. I went to a Greek festa a few weeks ago, actually, here in New Hampshire. And I'm like, this feels like a Portuguese festa. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They had like the moshes almost, like the honshus almost. Would they have their own that they throw the dollars and everything? They had this little Greek lady on the thing and she was singing in Greek. It was the cutest thing. It was it was awesome. But as far as your mental health thing, something very similar happened to me a few years ago where I just head to toe hives and then I had all these other weird symptoms and it went on forever and they got me tested for everything under the sun and eventually they diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder and that was the cause of all of my issues, including the hives. So it was just, it's very interesting and yours seems to be somewhat tied to anxiety as well because it's re-triggering and stuff like that. So it's just... They put me on medication at the time for anxiety, which I've weaned off of now and I manage it. I try to manage it more naturally, but it it was awful. Like I was in a deep, dark place for like almost a year of, you know, medical Googling and all this stuff. And it was just terrible. So you went through it too? Uh, And it was, it was horrible. Like it was, it was all consuming. It was like the only thing you thought about. And it was in these rabbit holes on Google and they tested me for everything. And I was just convinced that I was going to die. And it was just this horrible, horrible thing. And then I finally, they were like, this is anxiety. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. And as soon as I found out it was anxiety, I was able to like switch something off in my brain and being like, okay, I can control this mentally. Like if it was something else physically going on with me, like you can't necessarily fix that, but I'm like, I can retrain my brain to think different things. And so that's how we've been managing it. But it's It's interesting. It's nice to hear. Not nice. Not because I feel like. (laughs) I want that to happen to you, but I thought I was like the only one that went through it. So, oh, it was so brutal. It was, oh, it was awful. (laughs) Yeah. 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 She helps me with my anxiety to this day. (laughs) She'll yell at me. She'll tell me not to Google anymore. She's like, you can't be Googling when you're in like a panic state because it's not your friend. She's like, Google is not your friend. I'm like, you're right. It's not. So, Kel, do you have a a mental health one that you want to add on? And then we will close this bad boy out. 
Mine is just like aromatherapy. Like I like to light my candles, my incense. I feel like the smells just can be nice and soothing and helps you de-stress. So mine's yes. quick. <laughs> oh no, I like that. I prefer the Macintosh for um, Yankee Candle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you're in like an apple farm and yeah. you're like tumbling nice. around with like um, Cortland apples. Yeah, and stuff. <laughs> it's nice for fall too. <laughs> it you vibes. You just have to make sure you blow them all out so you don't have anxiety that you're going to burn the house that's down. Another, <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I know. I know. Mm. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I keep I'll close be talking to my mom and she's like, do they show my candle on? Did you put it on already? Five vid. Five vid. Now I've yeah. turned it to my mom. I've been like, oh my God, I got to go back and I turn around my car and I go back to check and make sure I unplug the straightener. Oh. oh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So- <laughs> I completely get that. You got to be careful. Like you don't yeah. want extra anxiety on something that's supposed to take out the anxiety. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We're all cut from the same cloth. I swear. The cultural guilt and anxiety is it runs deep. It's genetic. It's real. Yeah. It's yep. real. <laughs> that's why they drink a lot of wine. <laughs> Seriously. They just goes right down. To think about you just no nope. cold to tomorrow. We wake up, you don't even know what happened the day before. You literally yeah. just like got in a fight with your cousins, you just owned all of them, <laughs> and you wake up and they don't remember either. So everything's no. fine and dating. It's and all then, good. You know, a new day. Yeah. It is there's there's gonna be some truth to that because like between my parents, my dad obviously is the drinker and he he's not anxious, he doesn't worry really about anything. He's pretty much kind of healthy-ish, minus the liver. <laughs> but he got my mom that she does drink, but like, you know, with her like meal, she's anxious as fuck. She's on all this medication, all this stuff. And I'm like, so there's some truth to that. I'm not saying to like go binge and drink alcohol, <laughs> but it, it helps. It's got to help. <laughs> A little decompressant. Yeah, 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 yeah. it does. They just sometimes decompress too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we can't say we can't figure out the stop button. Yeah. So this was awesome. Is there anything specific that you want to share while you have the opportunity to? I don't know if there's anything you want to plug or promote if you don't have anything you don't need to. Well, I mean, I'm not got anything going on right now in regards to like the next couple of days but if you want to follow me i'm on facebook michelle costa or michelle costa bb10 i'm on twitter michelle bb10 i am on instagram michelle bb10 i'm on tiktok but i don't do anything i just watch videos until (laughs) i can't video watch videos anymore (laughs) Uh, I do a lot of meet and greets with COVID happening that kind of really like put a hold and a lot of things. The finale, like I would have been there um, this mm. week. So I think that that's going to start to get a little bit better. I always do a Toys for Tots every year up in New Hampshire, actually. What part of New Hampshire are you in, Melissa? All right, stop, stop. Because I, <laughs> I, I met you at one of those. Hold on. <laughs> She's been talking about she's been talking about this for years. <laughs> Hold on. I have well, a picture. I mean, I mean, everybody looks so familiar and stuff. Like, I feel like I know you, but I just feel like I know you guys because we're Portuguese. And I feel like we probably like, yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. like have met before or like a different life. Yeah, no, we have. And we we were singing. <laughs> oh, my God. We have. You probably won't be able to hear the audio on this, but you'll definitely you were. This is Vanilla Ice. 
Oh my this god, is- ISIS baby. Oh my god. Look how skinny I am. <laughs> I don't know why it's not rolling. Hold on. I love it. Oh my god, look at the afro. <laughs> I love it. Oh, go. Get it. Get it. Get it. Oh, oh, I am out on the ice, floor. Ice, yes. baby. <laughs> ding, yes. ding, 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 ice, baby. And then ding, we were all singing like Journey, like Don't Stop Believing. Oh, it my was, God, that's awesome. That was probably five or six years ago now, but that was, it was so fun. It was hysterical. So are you, are they still doing that? Yeah, so it started back up. We did it last year and we had a like, it was like Big Brother people and TikTokers. Oh, cool. They're planning on doing it again this year. So Cowboy was living in New Hampshire for a year and he just moved last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're supposed to be doing one um, again this year. So I'll keep you posted. Yeah. But um, that we've been doing and I've been doing that for like almost 10 years. Wow. I mean, there's nothing in the works right now. Like I said, I, I had I just had knee surgery in March and I just went to the doctor today and they're thinking that I got to have another knee surgery because it didn't uh, go so great. No. So that's happening. Yes. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I'm like kind of a little bit held offing on what's going on, um, mm-hmm. traveling and stuff. I haven't been able to do any of that because of my injury. Hopefully, I mean, I would love to be able to go back on either Big Brother or the fact that now they have the challenge that's now incorporating yep. a lot of Big Brother. I think they need mm-hmm. to go back into the old school. And I have a lot of friends that are on the challenge or real world and road rules. Uh, a lot oh, of friends, from <laughs> a lot, a lot of friends that I, I know and have that still are involved, whether it's the one that's on CBS or the one that's on MTV or the one that's on Peacock and stuff like that. I'm very good friends with Mark Long. Um, and I know he brought back the old school all-star versions of the challenge. And then they're starting to remake a lot of the road rules. So I'm hoping that they are going to do something where they go back into the old school and the old depths, like the meat mm-hmm. and the potatoes of getting people back in front of the camera. Yep. People don't need to have six packs and yeah. they don't need to look good in the outfit to be able to compete to get more people in there that look like an everyday person yep. and everyday people can re- can relate with them. And also it's what's better than watching somebody who might have a couple of pounds of popsicles on them <laughs> kick it out of somebody who's been starving and angry right. and eating granola bars or whatever the hell they've been doing and just killing it. Um, yes. But I think that with like them joining forces now, Viacom with CBS, I think it's they're they're having to kind of figure out their way within mm-hmm. that kind of side of it because CBS is a little bit of a bigger production that they're trying to incorporate their views and their thoughts and little by little to see what yeah. catches. And then I think this being the first season of Challenge, they wanted to see how it actually worked on CBS, and I think it was such a great hit. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's really good to be able to see where they go from here. Because I, like I said, I do think that Viacom is going to be a very key role into kind of getting back to being a little bit more what we remember Big Brother and just like other realities. It's, it's like Survivor's been kind of staying the same and uh, Amazing Race has been staying the same. So like, why couldn't they stick with that with Big Brother? So hopefully 
right it's back and they they need a little portuguesa to come back you know? <laughs> yes yes um, so we'll see what happens but yeah hopefully if you end up having a knee surgery you're going to be rolling around like jasmine on that little <laughs> that little scooter hey hey <laughs> don't don't let the knee surgery fool you you know what i mean i'll come right out of that that surgery room and go right rolling up into that thing like nothing's going on i'll throw a little bit of flour on there <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll be like, okay, what do we, what do we got going on? Like, uh, I don't care. My legs got to be falling off. If You got to fake yeah. it. You got to just pretend that you're not in pain. <laughs> yep. Or I can utilize it for my benefit and be like, right. oh my God, I'm not going to win anything because of this damn knee. Oh my God. Oh, like, I know. Yeah. And then. And kicks it up. <laughs> Listen, we're going to, we're going to make this happen. We need to get you I know, on next we need season. To. We need yeah. to do that and then we'll root yeah. for you. Cause that'd be so awesome. They do a lot of online big brother games that have been gotten, getting actually really huge now with everything going on, social media taking kind of over. I'm sure you've seen a lot of different big brother games being played. So look for me. Ooh, um, I've oh. played a few <laughs> games, but there's some things in the works. Awesome. So nice. <laughs> Can't wait. You'll have to keep us in touch. Yes, yes, Keep yes, us updated. yes, 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 because yeah, I, I do probably need to utilize some assistance from all aspects of social media. Awesome. It involves that. So I will need your girls to help if you guys. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. we will. We will share. We will do whatever we need to do. We will be the poo mafia. The poo mafia. <laughs> I like the that. Poo, the poo mafia. I love it. <laughs> love that love it all right thank you so much michelle this was awesome i loved having you on and it feels like we're old family members like related (laughs) awesome thank you guys for inviting me on here and letting me like just talk i guess i didn't really stop talking but um i appreciate appreciate you guys having me on and asking me just awesome questions about my background and what's really important to me and and whoever is listening viva portugal (laughs) portugal lost today but that's okay they lost but they're not losers in the world they're winners (laughs) in my book yeah thank you guys for all your support throughout all these years and just having my my portuguese crazy back Awesome. awesome right on thank you michelle thank we'll, you we'll definitely be in touch we won't lose touch after this no we're, we're family now yeah. familia. Yeah, familia. 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 Bye. so it's about that time thanks for listening if you're enjoying our podcast please just give us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to us You can also visit our website. It's folkandfad.com. We have transcripts available there of every episode. And you can also send us an email, mail at folkandfad.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Same handle there, folkandfad. And for Instagram, you can follow us at underscore it's called culture.